that we might be blessed by your insights this afternoon. Hallelujah. I want to thank God for a wonderful Sunday school lesson this morning by Reverend Usher with the lady at the well at, at this encounter with Jesus, a very well-known story and how she went abroad spreading the word. And we want to thank uh, Reverend McGee for a beautiful sermon, wonderful inspired sermon this morning also uh, regarding the lady with the alabaster box who worshiped and acknowledged who Jesus was. And it's all is fitting into uh, our reflection on Women's History Month. And we thank God for all that he's doing thus far. And we encourage you to continue to follow us at True Meditation each Thursday night. Join us. Uh, at 7 o'clock on the live stream, also uh, on the telephone simultaneously as we share some wonderful inspirational uh, scripture and thoughts about uh, Lent. And uh, this coming Thursday will be uh, part of the, um, the uh, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus talk about his followers and us who at times will be ill-spoken of uh, and maligned and villainized and, and other things. But he's told us to rejoice and be exceedingly glad because it means that you're serving the Lord. And somebody's hearing, even if they get mad, God is touching somebody through us. But this afternoon, I want to share with you briefly another uh, episode, another encounter of Jesus with a woman and the scripture that has, again, some great significance for us today and has been throughout the history since the time of Jesus. And I want us to look at Matthew, the 15th chapter, starting at the 21st verse. Matthew 15 and 21. I give folk a couple of minutes to uh, find that. Matthew 15 and 21. Matthew 15 and 21, and I'm reading from the King James Version. Then Jesus went thence, 
and departed the coast of Tyre and Sidon. These were important cities on the Mediterranean coast. And verse 22 states, Behold a woman of Canaan, and we would understand that to be a Syro-Phoenician woman. And the course was the Phoenicians have been there for centuries upon centuries. And at this point in history, there were a group of these, uh, well, uh, quite a bit of these Phoenicians living in the area of Syria. And they formed a unique group of people. And I may as well state to you that the problem that, that is being faced and that, that's being uh, brought up in this passage of scripture is that first you have uh, people who were, were being dominated, being controlled by uh, literally a foreign uh, group of people, the Syrians, uh, you know, controlling the section of what was uh, historically Phoenician territories. And so that's why the word Canaan is used by Matthew, but we understand when he says Canaan, he means Phoenicia. So I guess the first point would be uh, we're dealing with not just a woman, as we will see later on, but uh, she is uh, a woman who uh, could be a refugee originally, uh, but she's like what we've been hearing so much, so much of today, people uh, living under the, din the domination of uh, of a neighboring uh, country. So she came out of the coast, the Mediterranean coast, as I said, and she cried unto him, that's what Matthew is telling us, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed or sick, uh, vexed with a devil. Um, a couple of other things I'd like to point out very quickly. Uh, first, there is a recognition of David, uh, of, of Jesus being the son of David, therefore his messiahship. Then she is not asking for anything particularly for herself but for her daughter. Then it will give the distinct impression that she believed that Jesus had the power to make her daughter well. And third, you might speculate, and I don't think it will be too far, to say that she may have tried other means and other people because 
it just give the impression going through the text that she was somewhat desperate. So, like I've been saying, uh, you know, it's interesting because when you read these stories about these encounters that Jesus had with particular women, uh, they are lifting up or highlighting many different aspects. Of course, many, 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 many things that happen in the gospel, in particular when it comes to Jesus, other things have been also highlighted. But in the case of woman, it seemed that there are some things that even we can relate to today that Jesus is highlighting for us. Uh, the word in here, he came into the coast of Tyre and Sidon, may be a little bit mild. Uh, Matthew writing principally, we believe, to, uh, you know, Hebrews, Judean uh, Hebrew people, uh, would probably put it that way. But, but Tyre and Sidon were places that were considered uh, very uh, heathen. Uh, the, the people there were, 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 were considered, as far as religious uh, terms are concerned, very bad people, and certainly people who didn't believe in the God of Israel. And that would be uh, the places such as Tyre and Sidon would be places that Jews, uh, particularly Jews from Judah, would avoid going. So here, going into or going nearby. So here you have again Jesus giving us a message. It's a woman. A woman would treated as properties in many instances. Uh, they had very little rights, and whatever rights that they had, they had to have it through a father or the husband or somebody. And here you have Jesus administering, uh, and later on, going to do a miracle, uh, to people that the Jews kept away from. Uh, and then it included her daughter, which even today, not only uh, we live still in a time where great offenses are done to women, uh, but particularly or starting with girls. Girls are so abused and misused and the great sex trafficking and all these other things that go on with girls. I knew the oppression of women isn't new and it's still going on. So here you have the story from the very beginning putting Jesus 
in the center of these things, which would be controversial and, and even today. But Jesus was, as I was saying last week, a radical person. He went where other people, particularly religious folks, would not go. He lifted up uh, people, even though they had other religious beliefs, and wasn't serving Yahweh. He was concerned about people who were oppressed. And here we have a case of a woman and a daughter who were from this outcast group of people, Syrophoenicians. But Jesus answered her, not a word. And his disciple came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried after us. But he answered and said, I am sent but unto the lost sheep over the house of Israel. Now, uh, recently I shared uh, with folk uh, about how rabbi taught and how they developed their their messages and how they how they configured the teachings. When we look at this scripture, we need to look at it from that point of view. How rabbis and not just rabbis, lots of teaching, um, what we call pedagogy. Uh, teaching methods uh, embrace or use and still do some of these techniques, if you want to call it that. First, he ignored her. And that, as you see clearly in the text, would definitely get the disciples' attention. Then, uh, when they said to him, well, Get rid of her. She's just pestering us. He put this rhetorical uh, thing, uh, question before, uh, not not so much as a question, but as a statement, but it is rhetorical in the sense that they knew what the answer was, but he was just presented it to them in a way that would make them think or that would make them understand when he gets to what he was going to do. I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And there's a certain amount of sarcasm in there. Uh, we may, in more common way, here in America says, you know, that, hey, that's not what I was I'm here for. And, and we may say it in a sarcastic way to see, to bring home a point. Uh, but you know that's not that's not it because if he if he was saying I'm not going to heal her daughter I'm not going to pay attention to her he wouldn't have done it so we know that it is rhetorical then she then she worshiping him said Lord help me so she understood the sarcasm 
even if the disciple perhaps some of them didn't, I don't know. But he answered and said, it is not meat, it is not good to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Now that's sometimes that's considered a hard saying in the Bible, a hard saying of Jesus. And not that really. People who who oppress others, people who empower empower and and disdain others, they give them all kinds of names. Even today, right today, different groups of people call their enemies all kind of names. Uh, cockroaches and all kind of terrible things. It just uh, a mean side of the human spirit. So the Phoenician, because they, the Syrophoenician, because they were oppressed people or were often referred to as dog. It wasn't that Jesus was calling this woman a dog. He was using a term that people use. And so when he used it, he was bringing home a point. Children's bread, the children of God. Hey, we are not exempt from this because often as Christians, maybe no one listening to me uh, or seeing me or sharing with me this afternoon, maybe you don't fall in this category, but I know that for sure that you've experienced this and you know about this, that oftentimes we think that, uh, you know, there are certain things that, 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 that belongs to us. It don't really belong to the unbelievers. Certain privileges that we have, you know. God forbid if someone should take communion and we didn't know that they weren't baptized or whatever it is our regulation may be. Oh, that would really upset a whole lot of folk. And she said in verse number 27, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Which is another hard thing sometimes people read this to swallow, much less to understand. Is a lady calling herself a dog? No. What she's saying that she is no dog. And even dogs get crumbs. So to deny people of their rights, their civil rights, their religious rights, whatever it may be this, you know, denying people of their rights it is in a way treating them less than the demeaning things that people call them, less than dogs and less than cockroaches. And I always advise people who are uh, new to preaching and also be careful of the terms that we use. You got very, very careful because how we affect people, how we say things, even if we don't intend to mean it uh, in a bad way, and I don't 
no preachers who particularly do that, but dogs in our society, even today, are treated quite well. So even the term dogs here can be misleading, particularly in this day, although they had uh, pet dogs and so forth in the time of Jesus also. We know that as a historical fact. So even dog, those are just ways in which human beings uh, address each other, meaning bad things, and in truth of the matter is, that is not that way. So I, uh, people who own dogs, when we when they read the scripture and so forth, might not feel too good about it because they love dogs. Well, we love all of God creation, period. And she said in verse 27, True Lord, yet dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered unto her, and he said, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou will. And her daughter was made whole from the very hour. This is not something that we can't relate to. Persistence, insistence as part of outward show of faith. This is something that we can understand that when people have a need, they're willing to just subject themselves sometimes to what is not even very pleasant to hear or a rejection. As a matter of fact, as I'll be talking in the near future about the, this thing of rejection. And this is so plain and it is powerful in this story because here's someone who refused to be rejected. And, uh, and, uh, and many times in life, it, 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 life and people try to put us down and try to reject us. And, and if we are a strong believer that we are children of God, Indeed, then we will keep the faith. So, uh, this is a wonderful story, and as I wrap up, uh, I'd like to say that we need to understand how precious all of us, and I know you do, uh, we are to Jesus and to God. And we have to be very careful how we treat one another, those who don't look like us, speak like us, live like us, eat like us, whatever it might be, because we're all God's children. And we all deserve to eat at his table. And so we will, by the grace of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. I would like to stop here. I know there's a lot more to the story, but I'd like to stop here and I make it feedback. 